Hi kids, do you hate your family? Do your parents ignore you? Is your older sister a bitch and avoids spending quality time with you? Do your cousins read your personal thoughts out loud to everyone at Christmas dinner? And the most important question of all, do you wish your family would just disappear? Yes, yes. Well, you've come to the right place. We here at the Grindhouse Syndicate are here to help. We understand that nobody wants to spend Christmas with a bunch of self-centered assholes just because you share DNA. You just need to do a few simple things, and you'll be having ice cream for dinner every night. First, you need to hate the Christmas spirit as much as you hate your loved ones. Second, you need to make a wish that you want your family to just disappear. And third, give us your parents' credit card information for five easy payments of just $4.99. And that's it. You do all that, and rest easy, my small friend. You will thank us come Christmas morning, satisfaction guaranteed. Just call 1-800-KRAMPUS or visit our website at krampushelpme.com. And if you put in an order within the next 15 minutes, you'll receive a free Grindhouse Syndicate doll. Call now. Orders are limited. Oh my God. Thank you, Mr. Krampus. Just here to help. (laughs) But wait, there's more. What's the more? I don't don't know. I just, every time I hear a commercial. Get two Grindhouse Syndicate dolls. (laughs) We'll kill you and a family of your choosing. Welcome to the show. I am your host, an evil gingerbread man, and that is my co-host, a rabid possessed teddy bear. And today we are covering Michael Doherty's 2015 Krampus. Man, I was hoping you were going to give me giant jack-in-a-box. I didn't because I want a giant jack-in-the-box, and then I was like, well, if I use it, then he's going to be like, I wanted it, so I just cut it. We just Neither one of us got to be it. You got the carrot last week. I thought of it. It's <laughs> <laughs> my idea. Just going to start picking what I want to be. You could. <laughs> you could do that. I wouldn't be opposed. That's one less thing I have to think of. Uh, but if you want to stay up to date on what is going on with us or the show, talk about or submit your movie request or just say hey, you can always find us at one of our social media accounts. Facebook at the Grindhouse Syndicate Horror Podcast, Instagram at grindhousesyndicate.horror.pod, and we got a TikTok account, which we have neglected recently, the Grindhouse Horror Podcast at grindhouse.horror.pod and subscribe or follow for alerts on new episodes and if you really love us and don't think we deserve that bag of coal give us a review all those links are always located in the show notes for you guys and we are still on schedule for the patreon to come out the beginning of january so be on the lookout for that We already got kind of our first episode that we're fixing to do for it. We think it's going to be cool. I'm pretty excited about it. It is Christmas themed. Ho, ho, ho. Which I was like kind of ready to be done with. But in this in this case, I think it's going to be worth it. Speaking of that TikTok, we've got an awesome TikTok video that we have not done for no excuse. Well, the excuse is we've got the beards. Yes, we we are working on the Grindhouse Syndicate doll commercial that is still planned to come out at some point when we film it. <laughs> but we do have the child-sized beard 
for the doll. So, and we have the doll and, and the we, outfit. We have the whole outfit. The, the doll. We we could make the doll. I already made the doll pretty once soon without the beard. It's a test run. It was a pilot for the commercial. Well, we're almost there. We just with Christmas and uh, work, and then the podcast, and then then we had the uh, equipment meltdown recently, and we had to get new equipment, and we got a big upgrade, and we've been learning that. So it's just been a lot of stuff going on at one time. Goddamn new Christmas and work. <laughs> Uh, failing equipment. So Krampus is a 2015 Christmas horror comedy film directed by Michael Doherty and co-wrote with Todd Casey and Zach Shields. The film stars Adam Scott, Tony Collette, David Kochner, Allison Tolman, I'm about to mess that name up, Conchata Farrell, and MJ Anthony. It is about a dysfunctional family squabbling, which causes a young boy to lose his festive spirit. Doing so unleashes the wrath of Krampus, a fearsome, horned, demonic beast in ancient European folklore, who punishes naughty children at Christmas time. As Krampus lays siege to the neighborhood, the family must band together to save one another from a monstrous fate. Uh, it was distributed by Universal Pictures and released December 4th, 2015. It is 97 minutes long, had a budget of $15 million and a box office of $61.5 million. Uh, for the first time in weeks, we have finally done a budget that's over a million dollars. <laughs> yeah, over, over like $20,000. <laughs> Yeah, we were down in the trenches there for a while because some of the movies we couldn't even find budget information on, which that's how you know it's bad. I had to be careful in my rating for this movie because the last two movies have been so bad. I didn't want to give this movie too high of a rating, judging, comparing it to the last two movies. I had to be very careful. I had to tread lightly. You have to wipe the slate clean because we're dealing with... Uh, we're kind of dealing, this is like dealing with like a major league baseball team compared to like a, like a city's baseball that, that, team. <laughs> that team Kenny Powers was on. Yeah. With the one, the one in Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the concept for Krampus began in 2011 when Doherty got the idea that he wanted to make a Christmas themed horror film. Production began in 2014 Principal photography began in New Zealand on March 12th and wrapped in May of 2015. Creature effects were made by Weta Workshop, which is a, a New Zealand effects company. And I want to mention some of the films they worked on. Uh, they did The Lord of the Rings. Hmm, that's a that's a big big, big yeah, start, big one, big one. They did The Frighteners which I really like The Frighteners. It's a fantastic Michael J. Fox movie from, I think it's 1996. 96 or 97. Uh, 30 Days of Night, fantastic movie. X, which we ha have an episode on that. Megan, which, bleh. Hellboy and um, another Lord of the Rings movie. They did The Hobbit and they did... The first one. I they did remember. all the Hobbits and all the Lord of the Rings. Uh, it just said Hobbit, and then um, one of the Lord of the Rings. They did 
all the effects for it was the first one. I can't think of the first one's name. I wonder how they got involved with X. Like I know the Lord of the Rings was filmed in New Zealand. Oh, I know because X was filmed in New Zealand. Was it? Yeah, we remember we were talking about how when they flew there, they got stuck in two week quarantine, mm-hmm. and when they were stuck in the hotel, that's when he wrote the the wrote Pearl the sequel. Hmm. And then they rented that tiny farm in New Zealand, and that's where they filmed the movie at. Now, how am I supposed to remember that? You act like we did a whole entire episode on that (laughs) fucking movie or something. Yeah, maybe we'll cover it sometime. It's like (laughs) one of our most listened to episodes, too. You know, whenever you have uh, a $15 million budget, you can afford to go somewhere where there's actual snow. Well, um, this doesn't have actual snow. (laughs) <laughs> wow they went to new zealand and didn't get actual snow no um what the fuck why would you go to new zealand they got like killer tax breaks there uh I, i'm i'm not really sure but i can say that 95 percent of this movie was filmed on a sound stage and uh we'll talk about the snow later i've already released the a little bit of what I had for the end, and I got a little bit more, but I'll save it for the. For the that's end. all you got for the entire end. Yep, just that. Just the snow. That's all I got. Uh, no, there's other. Uh, I'm talking about just the snow. Um, well, regardless, fake snow or not, it looks real, especially compared to the last two movies we've done, which one didn't have snow, and the other was just cotton balls. Yeah, and there was some shaving cream. Yeah, <laughs> in that movie too. I'm pretty sure. Oh, well, I know where he throws up. That's got to be some type of shaving cream. Uh, so Doherty really wanted to do a uh, Christmas horror film, but he didn't really have like a solid idea until one of his friends sent him an e card featuring a Krampus. And Doherty says it was love at first sight. I didn't know what the fucking e card was. I googled it because I had a suspicion of what it was, and I googled it, and it's just like a postcard over over email. Yeah, Mm. it's just an email postcard. I was like, okay, you know, don't I haven't really ever heard of that back when older people emailed each other, either just sent sent each other like Merry Christmas stuff over email. It was that in chain letters. I don't Mm. know if you remember chain letters coming into your email account. I don't know if you had an email back when that was popular, but I probably did, but I didn't have adult friends that put me in chain mails. So it was, um, it was stupid. That's you would get these like pass s- it on thing. Yeah. Send to oh, send to like 10 people or you're going to die on oh. new Year's. Oh, that was not just an email thing. That was like a MySpace and oh, yeah. Facebook post. It started like, on like the social media, but like, I don't know if it started there. I remember seeing it there first. And then next thing you know, I was getting it in my fucking email. <laughs> People still send me Facebook messages with that shit. And it's always somebody like over the age of 50. <laughs> it's always. You know what those older people always do? It drives me nuts. They're like, no oh offense, my God. No offense, people that are up there that listen to the show. But you guys got to stop doing the uh, I don't give Facebook permission to use my photos post. Because legally, that don't mean a fucking thing. No. That literally, I've seen a ton of lawyers say, when you click that agree button when you first set up your account, they can do whatever the fuck you want with whatever you put on their site. Like, you're not paying them. 
They're allowing you to put it on there for free. They own the site and everything on it. So if you put your fucking pictures on there, you know, that if you don't want your pictures used, don't use it. Yeah, quit quit being so gullible. Yeah. And also, Jesus is not going to come down and rip you in half if you don't share this stupid fucking list of whatever comes up in your next chain mail. I wonder... Somewhere out there, there's like a 57-year-old homeless man under a bridge that's like, God damn, I should have shared that fucking post. I should have sent that email to 10 friends. It told me I was going to have 15 years of bad luck, and here I am, <laughs> living under a fucking bridge. It was right all sucking along. Sucking dick for lunch money. I wonder if anybody's ever passed on that, and then somebody was trying to murder them a couple of days later, and they were like, fuck. Shut in the past on that. That was true. It was true. No, it wasn't true. It was just a coincidence. <laughs> that sucks, man. <laughs> I just thought of something really, really funny. <laughs> Earlier, our our mom was listening to the Jack Frost episode. Now, she's never listened to an episode of this show. And I don't know why she landed on Jack Frost to give it the first listen. But I walked through uh, a room that she was in while she was listening to it earlier uh, as she was visiting. And I heard the part where we're talking about that guy's, the agent, his girlfriend eating him out one last time before the, it being embalmed. Oh, no. Like, oh, that's oh, hilarious fuck. because I walked in the kitchen while she was, because that's what I thought you was about to say, and I was going to say, how is this possible? <laughs> I walked in the kitchen whenever the, the eating out comment got brought up, and we're talking about, like, next time you have a hard day at work, just come get your salad tossed. <laughs> and I'm, like, standing there, like, next to her while she's, like, messing around in the sink, and I'm like, oh, this is kind of awkward. Yeah. Like, what a, what a time to to walk in. So we must have walked in there around close to the same the same time <laughs> i heard i was like oh fuck i forgot about that well i think what you're mentioning came later on like uh we mentioned it later on in a joke so it's just weird that we both walked in around that same time or, or, or with that ass eating being brought up well you know um if if uh if our if our mom decides to listen to this episode which she probably won't but uh we hope you enjoy jack frost <laughs> so uh the ratings for this movie rotten tomato 66 percent imdb 6.2 out of 10 letterbox 2.9 out of 5 and the average audience score is a four out of five stars if you would like to watch this movie you can find it on peacock and you can rent it on amazon youtube apple tv google play and voodoo for 3.99 to mm-hmm. No, no it's not on Tubi. I'm sorry. Oh, where's the wonk, wonk, wonk? Thing? You know what? You got, you got the, you got the sound for it now. You got the. Oh, what uh, a bummer. What a. Uh, you got to look at me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do got good news about Tubi though. They just brought out, I think, yesterday their um horror sh- subgenre, where they have, if you want to look for. 2000s horror movies you can if you want to look for horror movies from the 2010s you can and i was like oh that's cool 
Uh, wait, are the subgenres just year based? Yeah, they're, they're year based. Well, they have. Um, I think they have a. They do. They have. They have a whole entire uh, section just for slashers. Like you can just uh, click over slashers and it gives you all their slasher movies. Dude, you hear this Netflix? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, you got Netflix. You got um, like Shutter. You got a lot of these streaming services. Tubi's putting y'all to shame in their app. Work. I feel like I'm doing a commercial. Their app works better than any other apps. Like super smooth. Never have a problem. Never fucks up. Good job, Tubi. Good job. You can get a Tubi membership for free. You sign up right now, as long as you're willing to watch commercials. Yeah, you gotta. Which everything, every all of them have commercials now. So what's fucking what's new? You gotta put in uh, the Grindhouse Syndicate on your sign up. Yeah, just make that your username. They'll take thirty seconds off your next commercial. That's man, that's a good deal. <laughs> we start off with. Uh, I forgot to say we're going into the plot. Uh, we start off with what kind of looks like a Black Friday like event, but I, I don't know why they did this because it's kind of confusing. It's not Black Friday. It's like three days before Christmas. Very much looks like a Black Friday thing, though. Yeah, but since when do people kick each other's ass for gifts on a day that's not Black Friday? I, I don't know. I don't like. Know. Do they have a? Do they have like a pre pre? The Eve, Eve, Eve of Christmas Eve sale that we don't know about. It's all the shit we didn't sell at Black Friday is on double sale. Yeah. Which this movie starts out very similar to uh, Eli Ross Thanksgiving. Kind of the same thing going on in that movie. As soon as I seen it, I was like, hmm, this looks familiar. But yeah, so everybody's rushing into the store and fighting. Uh, we see all these people russians a huge crowd they're all fighting over items for sale we see people punching each other one guy gets like hit with a fucking skateboard which probably killed him oh i made i made a note of that like the lady who truck slapped yes the guy with the skateboard won black friday but that was before i knew it wasn't black (laughs) friday but she still she she wins black friday they're gonna go back in time and give her an award for that because what a fucking awesome hit uh, store security is taking great pleasure in tasing people. Employees of the store look absolutely miserable. And then we are shown a bunch of parents who are watching their kids sing in like some kind of Christmas play thing. It doesn't really say what the fuck this is, but it looks like a Christmas play. They're kind of dressed up and standing up on some fucking makeshift stage, which is weird to do in a store. Yeah, I've never seen that. That is weird. Just, you know, I bet that lady with the skateboard's a good mom. <laughs> you you literally risk an attempted murder charge for some some toys for your kids. I mean, we assume she's, she's getting really toys. She might be there to get like a fucking TV though. Which she might be a really bad mom too. Yeah, she could. But she's probably a really good mom. And right at the center stage are two kids on the ground fighting each other. And we learn that one of these kids is our main character, Max Engel. And uh, then we get introduced to the rest of his family. We have teenage older sister, Beth, who is joyfully recording the fight on her phone. Uh, Their mom, Sarah, and their dad, Tom. And they are both pulling Max away from the fight. And all this is happening with the song, It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Christmas Playing. (laughs) Um, Did you notice, like, 
over half of the other parents are recording the fight as well. I did. I told Brooke she would be one of those parents recording this fight. She, yes, she would be. She'd be like, oh my God, I got to get this for my... She's not a... She's she's not young enough to be a TikToker person. She It's it's uh, Snapchat. Got to get this for the Snapchat. I forget what Snapchat even does. Snapchats. <laughs> and then deletes them. Oh, that's the one that deletes shit after like 30 seconds or something or a minute. I don't remember. I know that's it how it used to be. I haven't sent a Snapchat out in probably a couple of years now, but uh, I know that that is initially how it worked. It was great for. I remember there was one that deleted shit. Sending pictures of your nuts that you didn't yeah. want the world to see. <laughs> uh, couldn't you just screenshot it though? It tell you can. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I know you. I know you can. And I know it was the first thing to come out that would tell somebody that their shit was screenshot. Oh, so you could. You could do it. But it would tell the other person, the person who sent it. It would. They would get a message back that says, "Yo, um, send." You, it would send like a notification. Send, Cindy, Cindy screenshotted your dick pic. Yep, oh, that's cool. exactly what it would say, too. <laughs> it would be like, so-and-so screenshotted your dick pic. Oh, yeah. Um, um, yeah, that's yeah. that's good. You would think they would just make it where it couldn't be screenshotted. Maybe they can't. But they like the drama. Juicy. <laughs> the family then arrives home, very upset at Max. He tries to explain that the bully was going around telling other kids that Santa's not real. And this is when we meet another member of the family, Max's grandmother and Tom's mom, Omi, who is from Austria and, heads up, does not speak very much English in this movie at all. Santa is a cheap marketing employee to sell Pepsi. Did you catch how Universal didn't want to piss Coke off? Yeah. <laughs> they, like, Pepsi? What? I don't know, really, <laughs> like... Everybody oh, knows well, Coke does the Christmas commercials. Yeah. Universal must got some... Some good ties with Coke. I, I they didn't want to piss Coke off. I feel like I haven't seen a Coca-Cola Santa commercial in a really long time. But then again, we don't watch regular TV. so Yeah, yeah I'm it. sure they still make them. I'm sure they're still polar bears drinking Coke in the snow. A piece of my childhood memories. I don't know. I know I can tell you I haven't seen a Pepsi one, though. <laughs> Not like Coke owns like Christmas commercials. Coke's they? like we own Christmas commercials and the moon. Nobody could put the moon in there. So Max mentions that he wants the family to get together and watch Charlie Brown and rap presents like they have in the past. But it becomes obvious that everybody wants to go do their own thing. Sarah hangs the yearly family Christmas photo up in the living room and notices that Santa is checking out their young teenage daughter's ass. What the fuck is that about? She's like 15. Definitely not old enough to be checking out. I'm sure there's some creepy Santas out there. Well, I remember when I was younger, that was the joke of like, oh yeah, you know, like he wants you to sit on his lap and all this stuff. And in this movie, he really is a fucking creeper haven't you, young kids <laughs> haven't you seen jingle all the way all the bad I santas i don't like i don't like very many christmas movies but i do like that one so they have a whole black friday fight scene 
not fight scene, but a Black Friday mall, everybody fighting each other scene in that. Uh, yeah, but that's not, it was not Black Friday. This is like, remember, it's like Christmas Eve. Oh, I know. And not in this movie, but I'm saying it was Black Friday and, and Jingle All the no, Way, wasn't no, it? No, it was Christmas Eve. All right. Well, where the fuck are these people <laughs> living at where they all have fights like three days before no, Christmas? That one was understandable because remember the store gets a, a, Man. gets a late shipment of <laughs> Turbo Man dolls. <laughs> and they're like, yes, it's true. He gets up there at the little toy which is so dumb he has like a toy megaphone and he's like yes it the rumors are true we did get a late shipment of turbo man dolls but we only have a limited supply so we're gonna hand out these little rubber balls and if you got a rubber ball we'll get you one and then the crowd like rushes them and they end up throwing the rubber balls all over the whole crowd they're like chasing it through, the, through the whole mall we should just covered that movie <laughs> Uh, maybe it'd be a Patreon thing. <laughs> Tur- Turbo Man ends up being like a, a serial killer. Well, some of the stuff that happens at that parade at the end, some people definitely would have died. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, the little kids, man, we're getting can, way the fuck off track. Can we get a wh- horror jingle all the way? Uh, can we make that? With Arnold. Yeah. You killed my son. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> Oh, man, we've gotten way off track. (laughs) (laughs) Then the doorbell rings and we meet the other family who has come to visit for Christmas. Uh, We have, damn, is that your loud ass chair? (laughs) No, it was the charger coming undone. Oh, I got enough to make it. No, all right. Uh, The doorbell rings and we meet the other family who has come to visit for Christmas. We have uh, Linda, who is Sarah's sister, her husband, Howard, who is like this manly man conservative kind of gun guy um they're two i possibly teenage maybe 12 or 13 daughters uh jordan and stevie and son howie jr who doesn't speak in the movie and i almost forgot uh their baby chrissy which is funny because they also forgot their fucking baby (laughs) they leave the baby in the car they're like tom's like um isn't there like another kid and they're like oh shit the the baby is in the car oh and they also brought their fucking bulldog uh rosie and aunt aunt dorothy did you did you cover her um okay you said their bulldog (laughs) their bulldog Bulldog of an aunt bulldog of an aunt aunt dorothy when when they show up i mean this is uh very obviously kind of like a cousin eddie national lampoons kind of rip off family here you know, the, the husband and wife who have financially struggled and live kind of rough. And then, of course, they have like four fucking kids and there's something wrong with some of them. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely kind of a knockoff Uncle v- Uncle Uncle Fetty, Uncle Eddie here. I think I would rather deal with Uncle Eddie than, than bring Aunt Dorothy to my fucking house. And I've got to point this out because as soon as this hit me, I thought it was hilarious. So Howie Jr., has Trump's mouth. <laughs> if you go back and you watch, like, he has Trump's whole bottom of his face. That's funny because I, I put in here, uh, this is not any statement of my political views, but how much I fucking hated that kid's face. Like, I fucking <laughs> hated it. I looked at Brooke and I'm like, does his face just not make you want to punch it? <laughs> like, they're, like, Max is trying to talk to him and he's just, like, staring off. 
I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with this kid? Yeah, he don't think he has a single speaking line in the whole movie. But it's pretty clear from the beginning that the Ingalls family does not really like this other family. Uh, also, Sarah and Linda don't really seem like they like each other. And uh, big surprise, they bought along <laughs> Aunt Bulldog Dorothy, <laughs> <laughs> who Sarah is very much dislikes and... Pretty much immediately we see why. <laughs> this is worse than the dog that apparently shit in <laughs> Beth's bed the year before. Yeah, well, Beth claims it was human shit. So <laughs> we was, don't really know. Amber was, Heard was there. It was probably Aunt Dorothy. <laughs> Aunt Amber Heard. <laughs> Aunt Amber. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> we then jumped. It was a shit. <laughs> it was human feces in the bed. Uh, we then jump to Christmas Eve dinner. Sarah likes to make a bunch of fancy food that no one can pronounce. Um, Howie Jr. is slamming a whole fucking bottle of Mountain Dew on his own. <laughs> this is accurate. He said uh, he he's in training by the time he gets to high school. And I was like, by the time he gets to high school, he's going to have fucking diabetes. dude. <laughs> yeah, this kid's going to make it to high school about three years late. No, uh, if he makes it, <laughs> if he makes it, uh, but nobody at all seems to be having a good time here. I don't really know why these two groups of people would want to spend Christmas together. This is why life is so much easier when you don't deal with fucking shitty family members. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's we we keep it real small and we don't really have any. Um, anything to really do with the family members who have like a lot of drama, a lot of stuff going on with their life. We, we typically just keep it nice and smooth and holidays are nice and smooth. So no, no complaints. Yeah. Linda's like, well, aunt Dorothy surprised me. Like she just showed up with the suitcase. What was I supposed to tell her? She's supposed to spend Christmas by herself. And I would have been like, yep. I'd she can like, spend. She deserves to spend Christmas by herself. She's a bitch. I would have been like, "Oh, Aunt Dorothy, what, are you going on a trip somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> Where are you headed to? You just stopping by for you head on out to your vacation?" I'd have been like, "So nice of you to offer to watch our house while we're gone." So Jordan and Stevie have stolen Max's letter to Santa and begin to read it out loud. And in this letter, he wishes for his parents to love each other again, like they used to. For him and his sister to be close again, and for his aunt Linda and uncle Howard to have a better financial situation. All this kind of leaves uh, the whole table stunned. Uh, definitely awkward silence going on. Nope. And Max jumps up and goes after Stevie to get his letter back. And I want to point out that Stevie gets pretty upset when she reads the part about Howard wishing his daughters were boys. It's very obvious. Well, um, when I first seen this, I was confused because one I could tell was a girl totally thought the other one was a boy. <laughs> I was like, daughters? He has one daughter. Yeah. Does he, he mean the baby? You could definitely easily <laughs> get this confused. Uh, Doesn't they... really have a feminine female thing going on mm -hmm. to me, but. Nope. Not no, mm -mm. and I think I think it's uh, Jordan is the one I'm talking about, and I'm pretty sure she has uh, like short like boy hair. The other one at least has long hair and a ponytail, uh, pony ponytail, um, out of the back of her camo hat. 
but this one just has like a boy haircut. So this one they said could be a little more feminine. They're like, instead of Steve, we'll call her Stevie, but the other one's Jordan. What is up with Tom just like letting them read his son's Christmas letter out loud, like clearly embarrassing the fuck out of him. Like as a parent, I would have jumped up so fucking fast. Like those little girls would have been crying. Tom's a little bit kind of like, like a weak little bitch spined, uh, in the beginning. I thought you were going to say a little bitch. Yeah, kind of a little no, bit. I don't know if I'd say he's quite the little bitch because he Tom seems like he's kind of having his own battle with Howard. Because oh. remember, he was he was training too. And he's like, <laughs> were you training for the army or the Marines? He's like, nope, the, the Eagle Scouts. <laughs> Did you notice though was when Tom says like, well, in high school, I was too busy training. The look that Sarah gives like at the other end of the table. She's like, wait, oh God, please don't say that. Please don't say what I think you're going to say. <laughs> Yeah, it was funny. Yeah, yeah, I could see that being embarrassing. You're not wanting that pulled out at the table. I would never say that to Um, anybody. I would be super embarrassed if he was my brother and he was going to tell somebody that. I'd be like, hey, hey, man, don't don't bring that up. I was in basic Um, training for Eagle Scouts. He was training to kill people with his bare hands. That's that's all you need to know. If I was (laughs) Howard, you know what I would have fucking said? Thank you for your service. (laughs) (laughs) I would have dropped that bomb on him. The world is such a better place with the Eagle Scouts. Uh, Where'd you deploy to the um, fucking Yellowstone National Park? (laughs) 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 So Max, Jordan, and Stevie get into a huge fight. Max says that he hates Christmas and hates his family and rushes up to his room. Sounds like he'd be a really good candidate for uh, Grindhouse Syndicate. 1-800-Krampus. Give us a call. Yeah, please do. Sounds like a perfect fit. Uh, We then see Tom go up and check on Max. Max says, why do we have to put up with their shit just because we share DNA? And I said, I'm 100% with him on that shit. Like, I totally agree, man. I don't understand why people do it. Tom doesn't have a very good explanation for it either. It's like, well, you got me there. I don't really know. (laughs) That would have been me. I don't really get why why, because we have some blood shared that we have to deal with shitty people either i get he didn't want to throw his wife under the bus but i feel like what tom really wanted to say was this is your mom like your mom Mm -hmm. obviously because i don't give a fuck about those people (laughs) yeah yeah if i was max i'd have been like dad what the fuck man like why didn't you why didn't you have my back like why'd you just let that shit happen as a parent i really hope that my kids can rely on me to never let that shit happen to them. Well, hopefully we don't have terrible family members over that we'll do that. No, but if they did, your I guess I guess that would be the equivalent of your daughters. Your daughters would be really upset. Hey, but I, I have tell a them. feeling you would you wouldn't you would be like, well, that's what you I'd get. Say you fucking <laughs> earned it. <laughs> but Max ends up ripping up his letter and tossing it out the window, and uh, suddenly. A huge snowstorm rolls in and knocks out all the power in the whole neighborhood. The next day, we see that a blizzard has dumped a ton of snow in the area and the neighborhood still has no power. A delivery man drops off a package and Linda finds a big Santa bag full of gifts on the porch. What delivery man is working in this like this like record-breaking blizzard? DHL, man. They're the only ones out there doing it. <laughs> Apparently. I hope this guy's getting paid really good. Because he ends up getting killed by Krampus, I'm pretty sure. 
He's he probably the fr- one driving f- that plow. He freezes to no, they find him in the truck. He's frozen to death. He like dies oh, in, yeah. in the blizzard. Yeah. DHL doesn't give him heat, I guess. No. I hope I hope DHL provided a life insurance with a mom was ninety nine percent sure they don't offer the life insurance to their employees. But if they do, that was a disclaimer, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> but if they do, um I hope this guy's family got paid. So Beth is worried because her boyfriend, who lives a couple blocks over, hasn't responded to her messages and decides to walk in the storm to go check on him. And as she is walking, it begins to get dark and she suddenly sees a very large figure land on the roof of a house. She screams and she runs off in the direction of her house and she then comes across the delivery driver's truck and finds him frozen inside. She then attempts to hide under the truck, but quickly notices that this creature has followed her. She sees that uh, this creature has hoofs, kind of like Christmas-like robe, and heavy chains dragging from it. It drops a music box down in front of her and walks off. The music box then opens, and we see a very creepy-looking doll slowly rise out of the top. We then hear Beth scream and the truck start to shake. Uh, so there's this weird thing that happens next that I just I don't know if they kind of fucked this up or it was in editing or what. But so we jump back to the house and Sarah is saying how she is worried that it's almost dark and Beth hasn't returned. And Tom pretty much like reassures her, hey, she's probably still at her boyfriend's and she's fine. And then immediately we see Max walk up behind them and say that he is worried that it's almost dark and Beth still isn't back yet. And Tom and Sarah are like, oh, shit. We, that's when they that's when they're like, we OK, we've we've got to we got to get uh, Howard in his in his Hummer to go look. Bro, your wife literally three seconds ago just said that same thing. And you were like, eh, so I, it's fine. I thought they jumped forward. I, I thought that like it was darker outside. They, I don't know. It was kind of obvious to me that they had time jumped a little bit. I watched it twice, and it looked like a seamless, a seamless thing. Uh, they were sitting even in the same spot in front of the window when he walked up, like coming from down the stairs. I, well, I don't know. I don't know. It's you a, you watched it twice as many times as I did, so you may be right. Yeah, I th- I don't know if it was just something that happened in editing. I feel like there was something else in between those two scenes. And they edited it out. And they were like, ah, fuck it, it'll be all right. <laughs> I do that with this show all the time. <laughs> that yeah. doesn't quite match up, but fuck it, it'll be all right. Everybody got concerned that it got dark like immediately. <laughs> like, hmm, that's kind of weird. Their day it had literally just started. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like 12 o'clock in the afternoon. It just got nighttime outside. It's like when you stay up for like all night and then you sleep all day and you wake up in the evening and it's already getting dark again. You're like, damn, I feel like I just was in nighttime. Yeah. You would think somebody would have caught this. I'm like, Hey guys, the clocks aren't matching up. Well, the power's out. So unless you got just like a watch, they have cell phones, cell phones keep time. Uh, sure. Uh, so then Tom and Howard decide to take Howard's Hummer and go look for Beth. And this is where I was like, well, apparently they have financial problems, but Howard has a fucking eighty to a hundred thousand dollar Hummer. This is why they have financial problems. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. With that like built in gun rack and shit that comes out from behind. He probably 
you probably spent like eighty thousand dollars on that, and then probably spent another ten thousand getting a hidden gun compartment in the back. Yeah, Hummers are still super expensive. I think mean, they're from like the fucking nineties, most of them too. Man, they're up there. No, you could just probably like find one that would used to be a an army Hummer and those things get that suck. for cheaper. <laughs> those are terrible. Yeah, those Never are probably only worth about ten grand. We spent but, uh, fucking years dealing with them nightmares. Oh my god! Yeah, the amount of deadlined Hummers that you'll come across—all of them, I think, are deadlined. <laughs> uh, while out there, then we see that everything is frozen and there are no other people. It's not looking good. Then they find an abandoned snowplow where it looks like the driver was ripped out of the windshield. Howard opens his trunk to reveal a shotgun and a pistol. They grab the guns and they head inside of Beth's boyfriend's house. And inside, they find that the house is in disarray. Everything is frozen. Stuff is thrown around. And there is a big hole above the fireplace. Suddenly, we hear Beth scream from outside and the two men run out to help her. When suddenly Howard's leg is bitten by something under the snow. I was going to ask you if you noticed that Tom is completely holding this fucking revolver upside down. Yes, I was like, come on, man. Even people that don't know nothing about guns know to hold it correct. There's no really other way you can hold a gun. His age. Like, he grew up with, like, guns and cartoons and shit. Like, the Eagle Scouts didn't show you how to hold a fucking gun. He's like, this thing's heavy. And he's, like, holding it upside down. I'm like, uh... Well, we see this later is, that he knows how to use it, so I think he's. I mentioned that. later on, and, and when we get done with the movie, but some of these characters, one thing that does bother me about this movie is some of the characters are overwritten. They're overwritten to their stereotypes, and yeah, I, think that's I didn't on care purpose. for that. They obviously overwrote them on purpose, but I didn't like that they did it so obvious. Yeah, I think this movie, the idea of it was. Let's do a horror version of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Wife swap. We'll take the super hardcore conservatives and the super leftist liberals and put them in a house together. Yeah, I mean, that's the saying, though, is uh, Christmas Vacation similar where you have the Griswolds who are nice family, doing financially well, have nice things. And then you bring Cousin Eddie and them who are trashy, kind of redneck. Uh, yeah, but you don't get... The same political stances. Oh, yeah. Like, this, there's a little more poli- politics totally, sprinkled in there. Yes, you can totally tell as far as they're like, you would be able to tell based off of the way they wrote these characters how they vote. And that's not in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. And that's a comedy. Like, Cousin Eddie is written to be kind of retarded and, and that's the funny part of his character. You know, that's, He doesn't even know how to vote. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He uh, he doesn't know how to vote. But anyway, yeah, I, I just feel like the characters were a little overwritten. Like, you know, the wife makes food that nobody knows how to pronounce. And the husband's like, wow, this gun's super heavy. Like, he's never held a gun before. Uh, it tries to pull him away, but Tom runs over and grabs his hand. And he soon realizes that he can't get Howard free. So he fires a couple shots into the snow. The creature then releases Howard and slithers off. They uh, find Howard's Hummer completely destroyed and then they head back to the house on foot. 
Tom and Howard explain what happened to Linda and Sarah, and they decide to board up all the windows and doors and try to lay low for the night. A little later on in the night, we see everyone has decided to get some sleep in the living room. Howard volunteers to stand guard for the night because... A shepherd's got to protect his flock, right? I feel like I hear that, like that. This that that That's line, saying. that line is in this movie like five times, bro. Ain't ain't no way in hell if I'm Tom, I'm boarding up this house with my daughter out there. Like I don't care what happened. I'd hope you, as my brother, didn't did, did weren't wouldn't be okay with that either. You'd be like, hey, we gotta we gotta go find your daughter. Like that's just crazy to me. Also, I want to mention Tony Collette plays a great distressed mother. She is amazing at being a distressed mom. I was actually thinking about her earlier, how off the top of my head, three movies that she's been in, all three of them, her mom has died. And it's been a part of the story, hmm. which is The Sixth Sense, uh, Hereditary, <laughs> Hereditary, and The This. All three is like her mom died and she's had a difficult time with it. And it's brought up in the story. (laughs) I'm like, is she like the go-to for a character whose mom died and is upset? And she stresses out like what you're saying with, with their, with their kid distressed mother. I'm she is like totally same thing in the other. So in the same, another two movies, she's having a problem with her child and it's upsetting her greatly. Yeah. That is her like, like niche. <laughs> she is she is a total distressed Xanax mom. She plays that part so good. She's like a Xanax and wine distressed mom. It's, another thing is she is a phenomenal actress. Like the stuff that she did in uh The Sixth Sense and uh Hereditary. Hereditary, yeah, she's one of the best in that movie. And I, I feel like this movie big step down to what she can do. Yeah, personally. This, this wasn't her character wasn't written. I'm surprised she took this movie, honestly. Yeah, maybe she really likes Christmas. I don't know. And she just wanted to do a Christmas it reminds, movie. It reminds her of her mom. Yeah. That probably died. <laughs> maybe, maybe her mom in real life did die. That's why she's so good at having her mom die <laughs> in movies. But yeah, she's, she she signs up for a movie and she's like, I didn't see the part in the script where my mom dies. Can you just write that in there? It's Maybe part she of my does. thing. Maybe she does. Because <laughs> there's no reason that her mom had to die not in, in this, this movie. movie. But yeah, this is definitely not nearly as in-depth of a story as some of the other movies she's done. But God, she is really good. Uh, so, of course, Howard falls asleep on guard, which I don't know why Tom agreed to let him do guard anyway. I would uh, never have trusted him to stay awake. Super trooper militia man can't <laughs> stay awake for fucking two hours. And we see that uh, the fireplace finally burns out. And then there is a large chain with a hook on the end of it being lowered down the chimney. We also see that it has a gingerbread man attached to it. Howie Jr. then wakes up and is very interested in the gingerbread man. And I'm like, they trapped the overweight kid with a cookie. (laughs) Of course they did. (laughs) That is this dumbass kid's first reaction is to let me take a bite of this giant gingerbread man who is hanging from a chain from the chimney. I'm telling you, this kid's special. Yeah. He's not, he's going nowhere really fast. There's definitely some 
special happening there. But Howie grabs the cookie and takes a bite out of its head. And suddenly we see the gingerbread man come alive and he is pissed. Someone took a bite of him. I actually really like this scene. I love all the scenes with the gingerbread dudes. Oh, like that's funny because I hate them. What? I, <laughs> I love hate them. Hated the CGI gingerbread man. Oh, I was fine with it. Uh, he jumps down and begins to wrap the chain around Howie's legs. And we then see... Howie is yanked into the fireplace and is being pulled up the chimney. Howie screams uh, and it wakes everyone up. Sarah grabs his legs to pull him back in, but she isn't strong enough. She also begins to be pulled up the chimney. Everyone grabs Sarah and begins to pull while a smoldering log rolls to the Christmas tree and sets it ablaze. We see a gingerbread man uh, give Sarah a snarl and then laugh at her, which causes her to let go as Max grabs the fire extinguisher to put the tree out. We then see Howie Jr.'s shoe fall from the fireplace, and I was like, that kid is way too old to have fucking Velcro shoes. You know, his shoes are Velcro. This kid is the definition of a Velcro shoe. (laughs) This this is why they make Velcro shoes. His shoe probably lights up still. Ugh. (laughs) <laughs> so it's got the power ranger velcros rolling uh after all that uh omi stands in front of everyone and tells them the story of her first encounter with a creature named krampus and basically back in austria when she was a little girl everyone was poor and fighting for food her parents were mean and fought often and one christmas they all got into a fight which caused her mother to destroy her santa doll This angered Omi so much that she cursed her family and burned her doll. This caused Krampus to show up and kill everyone, leaving her the only survivor. Krampus also gave her an old rusty-looking Christmas bell to remember him by. thought that was an ornament. Uh, No, it is a bell. It's one of his bells off of him. Ah, well, fuck. Seen it twice in the fucking movie. I will say, I thought the same thing. And then there's a quick shot um, later on in the movie. I think when he faces Omi as she's uh, an adult, you can actually see he's got a bunch of them. Like those are the bells that jingle while he's walking. And those he, are like, his jingle bells. Those are his jingle bells. Man, I, I thought it was an ornament. I even made note that uh, Krampus actually made her a really nice ornament. That was really nice. <laughs> you could use them. it for an ornament. I think that's probably what those little ornaments were that's probably what they started as back in the day is bells, jingle bells. I thought with her being from Austria and then her talking about when she was a little girl that somehow World War II is going to be tied into this. I and when too. she cursed her family away, I thought that this was going to have some time with starting World War II. Yeah. And I was like, oh, God, <laughs> where is this going? Well, you very much get the the feeling that like the SS is going to roll in Uh any minute. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the same thing. So Tom and Sarah come up with a plan to go get the snowplow, bring it back, load everyone up into uh, one of the remaining cars and have the car follow him uh, in the plow until they can basically find police or find other people or whatever. While Tom is explaining this plan to Howard and Linda, we see Jordan and Stevie head upstairs to find the bathroom. And while up there, they begin to hear Beth yelling for them. 
They follow the voice up to the attic where we then hear them scream. And we are finally about to head into, in my opinion, the turning point for this movie. Tom, Sarah, and Linda run to the rescue only to at first find some of the burnt presents busted open. And when I first seen this, my I got excited because my first thought was, oh my God, the fucking toys are going to come alive. And it was so much better than I had even imagined. <laughs> uh, we then see a jack in the box with a very large and long jack hanging out of it. They shine the flashlight onto it to reveal the jack's head with a mouth full of sharp teeth, swallowing Jordan whole like a fucking snake. I loved the Jack in the Box. I, he is fucking awesome. I agree. I also loved the Jack in the Box. I he was my second favorite out of, oh, second. Out of all He's of them. He's not like the favorite. No, Krampus looks awesome in this movie. I can't. I can't say he's scarier looking than Krampus, but yeah, Krampus does look really good. I. I I really like that Jack in the Box though, with the way his like mouth like kind of splits in the middle at the bottom and just opens super wide. Man, he's great. I like how he looks like a doll, but then you see his mouth and it's yeah. clearly like fucking super scary looking. The, let's let's not forget to mention here, of course, Aunt Dorothy clogged the shitter and caused this to happen. Shitter's full. Um, she, Aunt Dorothy in this movie is totally that aunt that would come over and clog your fucking toilet and leave it. Is she our Delilah? She is, she is Delilah's fucking mom. It's either her or it's Linda. Linda's kind of, especially at first, Linda's kind of like, just, she's a kind of Delilah. Uh, I don't know. I don't think Linda's that bad. I think her and her sister just maybe aren't super close, but. Aunt Dorothy's fucking terrible. Like, there's no it, way I would let her come to my house for Christmas. I think she's funny, though. Like, she's a great addition to the movie. I yeah, definitely yeah. like her brashness. She's very, movie. very realistic. Like, everybody's known that woman that's like, hates kids, never had kids. And is not shy about no. kind of how, who she is. And Thinks she's her, very brash. her drinking is like the awesomest thing ever. Where's the eggnog? I need to get married. Yeah. <laughs> Giving the kids sips of her alcohol. Uh, the Jack then roars at them and Tom fires two shots, but he misses. The Jack then quickly takes off looking for an escape. And while this is going on, we also see that Howard is attacked by three evil gingerbread men who shoot him in the leg with a nail gun. Howard then takes cover while the nail gun eventually runs out of nails. And back in the attic, we see a uh, demon owl toy with a baby doll face attack Sarah, slamming her into the floor. She, the, this one's this, pretty creepy. Too. Yes, this one's I I think creepy wise. This one kind of creeps me out the most. Yeah, because something about an owl with like a baby doll face is just two things that don't go together. One thing about all these that I, I want to give this movie huge credit for. Outside of this terrible gingerbread men, they do practical effects for all these where a lot of movies now would use CGI on a lot of these. Well, um, one, that's why I mentioned the special effects company, because I thought they did a phenomenal job in this movie. And two, I think a lot of that credit goes to Michael Doherty, who we know like did trick or treat, 
and really likes to keep he likes horror so much that he likes to keep practical effects in where he can I yeah, don't, it seemed like the only parts with CGI in it were parts that you kind of had to have it. Yeah, I can't see how they could have did the gingerbread people doing the stuff that they're doing. Um, or Krampus jumping from roof to roof. Yeah. Like, you could have did that. But the amount of money you would have to put into that compared to how unimportant of a scene it is, is, you know, I understand them doing that one as CGI. Uh, an evil teddy bear then comes rushing out of the shadows to bite down on Linda's arm. Down in the kitchen, Howard fires his shotgun at something on the counter behind the gingerbread man, causing a big explosion. This launches the gingerbread men into the air and onto the floor, catching them on fire. And it's funny because there's like one of them trying to put his buddy out. That's <laughs> pretty funny. One of them's blown in half. It's it's like some Vietnam shit, but they're gingerbread people. This is the gingerbreads. Uh, this is their World War II. This is their storming the beach at Normandy. So meanwhile, Tom is trying to pull the bear off of Linda when a possessed evil robot toy stabs him in the back. We then see the sole survivor gingerbread man run towards and jump towards an injured Howard with a sharpened candy cane. Howard is out of bullets in the shotgun and braces for the attack when suddenly the dog leaps up and eats the gingerbread man. Howard sighs in relief. In the attic, the owl strings Sarah up by her neck with Christmas lights. Linda catches a glimpse of Stevie unconscious on the floor and stabs the teddy bear in the eye with an icicle. She then picks up an axe, cuts Sarah down, and smashes the robot to pieces before going after the -the jack-in-the-box. But unfortunately, she is too late. The -the jack-in-the-box escapes into the air duct. Once back downstairs, the group can hear the -the jack-in-the-box kind of just crawling around through the vents. Uh, They then let the dog Rosie into a vent in hopes that she can catch it and kill it. We then hear a struggle between the two when suddenly the jack falls through the ceiling. The evil owl and teddy bear then arrive to the living room to, I guess, help the Jack from getting its ass kicked. And uh, Dorothy grabs a shotgun and kills the bear and the owl and then takes aim at the Jack. Did the dog get killed? I don't know. The, I think dog, the dog got sh- killed. I forgot all about the dog part. Once he fell through, yeah, you don't started see- going. I you- forgot all about the dog. You don't see the dog uh, when the jack falls. I don't know what happened with the dog. I assume the jack ate the dog. Goddamn jack. And suddenly, uh, the living room window burst open and a bunch of evil elves run into the house. They look fucking cool, too. They do. What about Howard's line? I don't know if you caught this. He said, I just got my ass kicked by a bunch of Christmas cookies. Trust me, I can take it. Yeah. Like, wouldn't that be a good sign that you can't take whatever's in the attic (laughs) like if you just got beat up by some gingerbread men you're probably not going to fare well with whatever's in that like what did he think was up there like some smaller gingerbread men some legos i don't think he meant he could take it down i think he meant he could take whatever she told him because she's like you know you wouldn't believe it or whatever and he's like you know after seeing the gingerbread man i could pretty much believe any damn thing 
You remember Howard didn't believe the original story that Omi told him about oh, Krampus. Yeah, you skipped over that, but I did want to touch on that. He's like, does his whole like gung ho, I'm going out there and I'm getting my son, and goes out the door, and Krampus has built an army of snowmen in the front yard. There's probably like 15 of them, and that's it. He goes back in. That's enough for him. No in fact, fuck with them fifteen snowmen. snowmen is enough for him. He Jack was all gung ho. He's like anybody who can make fifteen snowmen this fast. I don't want any part of. Uh, the elves wrap a chain around Dorothy and drag her outside. I love her uh, exit line where she's basically like, "See you in hell." They then grab the Jack, but Howard jumps uh, onto the back as it's being dragged out. So now Dorothy and Howard are gone. They're dead. They're they're pretty much dead. They're dead. That's this movie's way of saying they're dead. They're dead. They don't really show death very much in this movie. Uh, we then hear a loud horn in the distance, and the evil elves all retreat. Tom and Sarah say, it's time to make an escape to the plow, and as they all get ready to leave, they hear a large creature land on the roof. They all head out of the door, except for Omi. She closes the door behind them and locks it. She plans on trying to distract Krampus to give the group time to make it to the plow. Krampus emerges from the fireplace and walks over to Omi. He then places an old, dirty bag in front of her and opens it for her to look inside. As she peers into the bag, we see the bag is full of evil toys, which jump up and attack her. I get the feeling that the elves are slaves to Krampus. Like, they don't work together. <clears throat> they kind of are, are forced into doing whatever Krampus. Because when that horn goes off, they kind of get out of there in fear. Yeah, I mean, they do mention that. And one, one of the elves is actually sucked into the snow in the movie, too. Yeah. So I, I get the feeling that that was kind of the movie's way of showing you, like, the elves fear Krampus, too. Like they're they're scared as fuck of, of Krampus, and then I don't know if you noticed that super lame. Like the last elf jumps in the windowsill and turns around and points at the family. Yeah, like I'm coming for you. This isn't it. He's the Howard of the elves. Yeah, he's a fucking <laughs> loser. Um, I don't know. I know that they did say earlier on in the movie, and then I also read some stuff that Michael Doherty was talking about where the, um, this Krampus is. You know, they consider him like the the dark shadow of Santa. And, you know, Santa, the elves work for Santa. Um, this is kind of, I think it's very similar. Is the elves work for Krampus, but they may not be there necessarily by choice. I, I don't know, but I feel like this whole, this whole group is just like the evil version of Santa and his crew. Maybe Santa's like that towards his elves. Maybe there's like some elves like crying in the workshop, making toys as fast as possible. And Santa's like, hurry it up. Ho, yeah. ho, ho. <laughs> Get your fucking ass over here and make some toys. Yeah. There's no overtime here. There's <laughs> no time and a half. Your hands wouldn't hurt if they had a little bit more uh, blisters on them. I just feel like Santa's shops like uh, the Nike shops in China. <laughs> just sweating. Santa's got some like tall elves that stand with like AKs in the corner. Mm -hmm. Like anybody tries to run, they get it. As the group run toward the plow, we see that the creatures under the snow uh, from earlier are chasing behind them. 
Tom stops and begins to shoot them with the shotgun. He then instructs them to go on without him as he holds the creatures off with the gun. But as the gun runs out of bullets, Tom is then dragged down into the snow. Sarah puts Max and Jordan into the plow as Linda is also dragged away. Sarah tells Max that she loves them and uh, she then gets pulled under the snow as well. This is so dumb. Ami stays behind to like slow Krampus down and take him on. She dies instantly. Then, then Tom does the same thing and he dies instantly. It's like there, all these people could have been at the end where they get into there, they get to the snowplow, but they're all like, I'm going to sacrifice myself and take Krampus on to give you guys time to get away. None of them do that. They I, all die immediately. I don't really know why Tom, Tom knows that he has limited ammunition. I mean, a shotgun. He probably doesn't. He's like, <laughs> he's like, you have to load these things. Well, I, I mean, thought you just charged them. They use it throughout the rest of the movie, so he obviously knows they got. He even asks, he's um, Howard earlier on how many bullets he has, and he's like, I got a couple in my pocket. But um, so I mean, he knows that this gun is at some point soon going to run out. You you know, why wouldn't you just keep running with your family and then try to shoot? No, I agree. B- right before you get in the truck. No, I agree. Like he completely like does. He has to do this like heroic. I'm going to sacrifice myself right after his mom did the same thing and made absolutely no difference. And then he does it. He for one, this shotgun He's he's got to be like, I thought this was a movie shotgun because they've they've shot this shotgun yeah, probably like 12 lot. times without loading it at yeah, this point. I thought that um, too. So, yeah, I just thought it was stupid. Like, they one by one, like, start sacrificing themselves. Sarah Sarah could have gotten away at the end, too, but she turned around for Linda and then got pulled under. And it's like she made that comment to her kids, like, she knew she was going to get killed, too, if she did that. Why even turn around and do it? Yeah, Max should have looked at his dad and been like, you wasn't sacrificing yourself when I was getting fucked up at the dinner table. (laughs) Where the fuck were you at when they were reading you my personal fucking letters to santa you asshole yeah they were straight fucking burying him at the table and tom was just like letting it happen man i can't i you know what fuck tom the only person that really had max's back was fucking aunt dorothy that she was like yeah you need to lay off him you should give him a word for telling the truth yeah it's sad. When Aunt Dorothy's the only one got in your back, man, like, that's, that's a sad place to be in. I'm that's surprised bad. Max, she don't even like kids. I'm surprised Max didn't be like, you know what? I'm going to take this as a W and take my little Krampus bell and move on my life. Yeah, yeah. If he would have, I wouldn't have blamed him. I mean, who does he have to save at that point? Stevie? <laughs> Yeah, who's the cause of of all this? Yeah, the one reading his shit in the first place that took his letter. He's actually the cause of this whole entire situation. I would have been like, thank you. Can I get the? Can I get my parents back? Well, not my dad. Didn't have my. Can I get my mom and grandma back? Um, I I don't care what you do with her. It kind of sucks that Stevie lasted this long in the movie. I agree. I thought it was stupid. I don't know why Max wasn't like. Do you guys mind if I stay while you torture Stevie? I would like, <laughs> it's like, you, do you think that you could give me a minute to tape this letter back together so I can read it to her as you're killing her? 
so I can shove it in her fucking mouth before you throw her in the pit of hell. <laughs> yeah, here, Krampus, can you gag her with this after you let her scream? Because I want to soak in her pain. So Max attempts to start the plow, but it doesn't crank. And when uh, suddenly the evil elves surround the truck and pull Jordan out. Oh, well, I messed up and named her Jordan. That's Stevie. Uh, pull Stevie out where she ultimately gets dragged down into the snow. Uh, Max hops down from the plow to run away when Krampus then appears in front of him. Krampus then drops one of his bells wrapped in paper at Max's feet. Max picks it up uh, to discover his ripped up letter to Santa placed around the bell. And he now realizes this is all his fault. It's really Stevie's fault, but story's sake, it's his fault. Max then walks through the storm until he finds Krampus and the evil elves around a fire celebrating with Stevie still alive. Max then yells to get their attention and tell them he takes back his wish and demands his family be returned. He then throws the bell at Krampus's feet and just apparently pisses Krampus off because <laughs> he lets out a growl and causes a large hole to open in the ground. And it like kind of it's like a big hole and it looks like it has like a, a I guess a bunch of fire way down in it. And you can, uh, it's hell. You can, I think it, it is, is hell. hell because you can hear like screams, a ton of screams coming from out of this hole. But anyway, uh, the elves then go to throw Stevie down into the pit of fire while Max pleads with Krampus to please fix what he has done. Max begins to cry when Krampus wipes his cheek with his very long claw. Max offers to trade his life for theirs, and it seems like his pleas are working when Krampus suddenly says, you're crying like a little bitch. Krampus and the elves then all start laughing at him as they throw Stevie into the pit. Krampus then grabs Max by the jacket and holds him over the pit. Max then apologizes to Krampus, explaining that all he really wanted for Christmas uh, was a bike. <laughs> was a new family. <laughs> um all he really wanted was for Christmas to be like it used to be. Krampus then drops him into the fire pit. Yeah, he he made a huge huge mistake here. He should have he should have just taken his losses. And he knows his grandma's story. Like, and then if he was gonna say take me and just give me my family back, he should have been like just just take me, Stevie, and Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> put, put, We're all put, three the cause of this thing. <laughs> you, if if that's not enough, we can wager the deal with with uh, Aunt Dorothy and Howard. Yeah. Can we can we do that? Will that work? Oh oh, and Howie Junior. Definitely keep Howie Junior. The world is a better place without that lack of brain cells. I mean, I'd be surprised if he even remembered to bring Howie Junior up. Like he you he almost is non-existent in this movie. Besides the scene where he gets drug into the fucking chimney <laughs> should have just been like just take us all just can i can i get my my old ass grandma back um my mom not my dad because he sucks he let me get roasted at the dinner table and the baby the baby the baby well, didn't he, do anything he likes his sister though he because he says oh he i forgot about yeah, it he sister. wishes that they were still close but she's uh way too into her boyfriend who lives four blocks away 
Yeah, I thought for sure that was a lie at the beginning of the movie for her to go mess around with her boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, next, we see Max in his bed, and it is Christmas morning. Everything seems to be back to normal. He heads down the stairs to find everybody gathered around the Christmas tree having a great time. And the first thing he says is, you're all alive. That would have been weird. <laughs> we we need a, uh, on the, the sound effect machines, we need a Biggie Smalls. It was all a dream. <laughs> Be the perfect time for that. Can you imagine those? Like, we're all getting up for Christmas morning, and then, like, one of your kids walks in and, like, looks at us all, and it's like, you're all alive? And yeah. And like, excuse me? What what did you just say? <laughs> I'd be a little confused. <laughs> concerned nobody even says really anything about it either they're just like yeah yeah we're alive i think they what they all know well they don't know yet i think they know something's off but they it's like it's like this elephant in the room but nobody wants to address it well uh he shrugs it off by saying he just had a bad dream he hugs his mom and his dad and he opens his first gift to find the krampus bell inside and it seems that once he does this, suddenly everybody remembers what happened. It wasn't a dream, as Biggie Smalls wouldn't say. He would not say that. No. <laughs> the camera then pans out further and further and further away from the house, only to reveal that they are actually inside one of Krampus's snow globes, inside of his lair. And that is the end of Krampus. Two things. I love the ending of this fucking movie. Yes. Um, I thought for sure the first time I seen this, that this was going to be a cheesy ass cop out. Uh, the most cop out cop out way you can possibly give a movie a happy ending. Like the whole thing was just a dream. It's, it's one of those nice grim endings. I love how they show their snow globe and it's in a lair with like shit tons of other snow globes and you can look in the globes and see it's all other families that Krampus has killed. Like for every family he's went after, he has a snow globe at their house and they're like trapped inside of it. And the this this whole set, like Krampus's lair, we don't get to see a whole lot of it, but the dark, grim cobweb feel it's to it. It's kind of keeper. Yep, with the candles lit and all the snow globes. Like, he's got a candle, like, next to every snow globe so he can see him in the dark. Loved it. Loved everything about it. I would totally hang out in his lair. Yeah, I really... With the Crypt Keeper. I really liked the lair, too. Um, and I liked the ending. Uh, but we'll get to the ending here in a minute. We'll kind of talk about the ending soon. Uh, so, in the movie... And I, this has got to be a deleted scene because this is a thing in this movie. This must be like a deleted scene because I've seen this a couple different places. And I, I watched the movie twice, pretty much back to back. And I didn't see this and I don't know where this would even be at in this movie. But apparently there's a scene where Max shares some of his candy from what he calls his Halloween stash to comfort his cousins. And inside you can see a lollipop identical to the one used by the demonic child Sam from Trick or Treat. It's, I guess if it's in here, it's got to be when they're all kind of huddled in the living room. That yeah, Right before shit really goes off. But it's not in the movie. And for some reason, 
People say it is. I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah, I didn't catch that. But that is a cool little Easter egg. Is I it wish though? they would have. What is it? <laughs> if, if it's if it's not an actual movie, I mean, people it's just have a seen deleted it. scene. People have seen it. I, I don't know. Maybe we're just there, not seeing is it. Is there though. a director's cut that we don't know about? I hope not. This is not a director's cut. God, what if there was though? Like. And they had to make it like PG-13 or something. So, uh, we'll talk about why it's PG-13, because originally it wasn't. Yeah, this is something that I mentioned in my ratings, but I would absolutely love to have a version of this movie with some like brutal kills, like actually show the kills, some, some brutal kills and some good gore. So, Legendary Films is the one who did the movie. And uh, Michael Doherty totally always planned for it to be a rated R Christmas movie. And so did Legendary Films. They were both down. But uh, in order to get it distributed, Universal Pictures, citing the issues, the uproar, they say, over movies like Black Christmas and uh, some other other movie, other Christmas horror movie, uh, because there was so much issue with those, with the public, they absolutely would not distribute it unless it was kicked down to a PG-13 version. And so that forced Legendary and Michael Doherty to make this movie as a PG-13 movie. Yeah. But Michael Doherty spoke on this recently, and he said that despite this happening, and a very similar thing occurred with Trick or Treat, Trick or Treat 2 will be in hard rated R movie. He's like, it's, it's, it, we're going full stops with trick or treat too. Yeah. I want like I a say, terrifier. You too. know what? I'm fucking willing to give both those movies a pass on the PG 13 and get, get that really hardcore rated R trick or treat. Cause a rated R trick or treat is going to be fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I hope, I hope they go hard. They, they should have went to Lionsgate and Lionsgate <laughs> will put anything out. Uh, they would have did it. That's what Rob Zombie did when Universal wouldn't do house of a thousand corpses after they paid for it to be made. Uh, so there is a fan theory that the Ingalls and their family are trapped in the snow globe, condemned to repeat Christmas morning for eternity in a twisted version of hell. Mm, uh, well, that seems kind of, that seems kind of seems uh, kinda accurate. Like, yeah. So I looked into this and I'm like, uh, isn't that kind of what happened? Yeah, it's kind of uh, seems no. So for a long time, there was a kind of big debate on whether uh, Krampus gave this family a second chance, and it did really happen. But they're in the clear now. And then other people believe this version, where they're actually trapped in the snow globe, and they're going to relive this over and over and over again. Um, and finally, it was confirmed by uh, I think the other writer that no, the actual ending of the movie is the happy ending. Krampus gave them a second chance to kind of get their shit together and they're in free and clear. They are not trapped in this snow globe. Bullshit. So. The other writer didn't know what he was talking about. Unless so it came what, from Michael Doherty, I don't believe it. So I think that that the reason that this that ending became the uh, the canon ending is because they actually went back after this and did a Krampus comic book, 
And uh, in the comic book, Krampus does give people these chances. Stupid. Yeah. Stupid. I will... I will have my own cannon where they're stuck in the snow globe. Yeah, I'm going to pretend that that didn't that didn't happen. He was just saying that to appease Universal. Why would they have this scene in the end of the movie if it's not what happened? Mm. They're clearly in a snow globe. They clearly all realize what had happened. Nope. Nope, they're stuck in here for eternity <laughs> to relive like, no. Christmas over and over again for all of eternity. That's just how it is. All right, let's talk about the snow. So the snow on the ground was made from a material that is usually used for diapers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so uh, I like to watch uh, little short chemistry videos, and I had actually just learned about this a few days before this. Um, and I can kind of give a little bit of information of what it is. So it is a material that is a hydrophilic polymer. It can absorb up to a hundred times its weight in water. And this is because it forms hydrogen bonds with water molecules. And this only works with water. I've seen people try it with, uh, alcohol or, um, it works with pee. Well, there's water. I'm there's water I'm, in it. <laughs> I, have, I have a. Well, it absorbs everything else in pee. It's not just water, but yes, I've seen. They're almost. It's almost like gel, like uh, material. Well, um, so that's because of the other stuff. It's so the the actual like base version of this. It's a powder, and what you do is you sprinkle out this. You can actually cut a diaper over and type. <laughs> a diaper open and and kind of sprinkled this there's powder inside of it there's a lot of fluffing which is the gel stuff you're talking about but if you cut a new one open and kind of get the powder to come out of it that is uh actually what you're looking for i think i think the gel stuff is the powder after it absorbs because i've only seen them after they've been peed in so when you when you add water to this powder, it becomes light and fluffy, and it looks and feels like snow. Besides it being cold, hmm. uh, it's really cool looking. It um a very good example of what it looks like is the scene where Beth goes and hides under the truck, and she's laying, and she like you could see her. She like pushes her hands forward, and all this like snow it, like c- comes through like in between her fingers. That's that's what that looks like. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it's really interesting. Um, I, I have like a little chemistry teacher guy that I watch and he had actually just done a video on it and it's, it's really fluffy and light and it's a very, very snow like. Yeah. I've seen him. Um, when, when bell used to rip diapers open, seen quite a few after they have unfortunately been peed in, but, uh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, and this is the coolest one. If you look closely, you can see the Psycho House and the Amityville House in the movie. So the Psycho House is in a scene. It's inside one of the snow globes at the end. And the Amityville House, in the scene where all the power goes out, it's the house next door. They, hmm. live, they live right next door to the Amityville I, I'll take it that they shot uh, all the house outside scenes on Universal's backlot. 
Because I know the Psycho House is on Universal's back lot. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I th- I would think they probably digitally added them in. I don't think they actually shot those like uh, there in person. But um, if you watch the the lights cut out, it's the second to last house that electricity goes off. All right, ratings and kill count. Total kills, which they're technically not really kills. They're captures. They're considered captures. But we have 12. We have uh, Beth. We have Howie Jr., Jordan, Baby, Chrissy, Aunt Dorothy, Howard, Omi, Tom, Linda, Sarah, Stevie, and Max. And it is favorite kill time. Uh, hmm. I believe I did favorite kill first last time, so you're up. Well, we don't get to see many kills here. so Your favorite gonna, capture, kill, whatever. I'm going to go with Jordan being eaten by a giant jack-in-the-box. That's our first shot of the giant jack-in-the-box in action, eating this rotten child. I uh, will 100% agree. That was mine as well. It was definitely... The coolest. I mean, it was by far the coolest, in my opinion. I mean, you can't really go wrong when you have a giant snake, jack-in-the-box creature, and he turns and his mouth is, like, extended open with all these teeth, and then, like, legs hanging out of it slowly, like, just going it. Like, I mean, it, it was hands down. It, was, it wasn't even, like, I had to sit and think about it. That was immediately the one that I thought was the coolest. That's probably the coolest looking scene in the movie. That's the only one I thought of. (laughs) I thought of kills. It's the only one I could remember. It's the only one we somewhat see. So rating time. Uh, Uh I guess I will go first with rating. I gave this movie a three. And I can confidently say that the majority of that three was because of how cool everything looked. The creature, creature wise, the story. Eh, I think the the first half of the movie is too slow. To there's a lot of time before. Remember, I was saying that when they they go up to the attic, this is what's the turning point of the movie, in my opinion. And that was because really before that scene, I was like getting really bored with the movie. And I get they had to build a lot of character, they had to build a lot of stuff going on, but. It felt like this. I I felt like I already knew what was going to happen with these characters. Like I didn't really need that much character building. I knew. All right, this is two families that don't like each other. They're spending Christmas together. Um, I feel like we've seen that a million times. Don't really need to go through a lot of that. And then our first kill, Beth. We don't see it. It just seemed like it just. And then us to see Krampus took for fucking ever. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, So, yeah, I think the back half of the movie would get a higher rating if we were just going to judge it off the back half. But, yeah, and I feel like I rated it high, but that's just because I think that the creatures and the special effects were so awesome. That is why I rated it high. If they looked kind of mediocre, like they looked okay, I would have probably gave this movie like a 2.3 or something. But based on special effects and stuff, I, I think it's a three. And I do like the ending, despite them coming out and trying to say that's not really the ending. But Yeah, I don't care I, what the I, fuck I, they said. I, I love the ending. I'm going to judge the ending based off of the movie, 
that I just watched. If they wanted a different ending, they should have put that in the damn movie. Oh, I forgot to mention one more thing is uh, I didn't notice this until I read about it. But could you tell that Krampus is wearing someone's face? I can now that you mention it. Yeah. So it's really saggy. They talked a lot about that. Like Michael Doherty talked a lot about that is someone's skin of their face. And he refuses to to say he's like, I know whose face it is, but I'm not going to say. He won't release the identity because some people what? assume it's Santa's face. Like he must have killed <laughs> Santa Claus and took his face. Universal like, made him sign something that <laughs> said you won't never tell anybody that's Santa's it's face. It's the president of Universal. <laughs> De- Texas Chainsaw Krampus. Yeah, but one of the facts for this movie is that you never actually see Krampus's real face. And I watched the movie a couple times and it. I have a I have a really hard time telling that that's supposed to be someone else's face. This is the North Pole Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, we've already brought this mm-hmm. up before. This yeah. is they totally stole the idea. It's Santa's face. Yeah, I um. Now that you mention it, I I can see that. Yeah, his face I, is really saggy. I thought his fucking eyes too looked awesome. One thing I wanted to mention. Yeah, he, he looks super cool, man. They did a really really good job on him. Yeah. Yes, they did. I don't think that your three is a high rating. I don't think it's too high of a rating. That's a that's a six out of ten. I think that's right around what this movie deserves. I gave it a three point two. Overall, decent Christmas horror movie. Um, I'd love to see this movie with the brutal kills oh, and, yeah. and some gore. I think that this movie has so much more potential had they left some of the goofy stuff in the writing out made it rated r and made it a little darker this could have been a really really cool movie um it was a cool movie it could have been a really good movie had we gotten a rated r darker version of it i I hate that we don't get to see the kills i hated the cgi gingerbreads oh Um, man no way the I hated that some of the characters were overwritten to the stereotypes. Not a fan. Hate when any movie does that. With that said, I, I do love the way that the whole Krampus crew, all the toys and stuff, and Krampus were practical effects. Uh, I thought Krampus actually looked amazing. Uh, like you were saying, I hated that we don't get to see him until the end of the movie. I thought... With the amount of time that they spent and how cool they made Krampus, I wish we'd have got to see him a little more. You know, if they could have had him at least halfway through the movie, we or in the beginning or something, we had gotten some glimpses. We really don't get to see him until what is the very end of the movie. Most importantly, I thought they nailed the feel of the story. That's that's one thing I wouldn't have gave it a three point two had they not. But the feel of it, I thought, was a really good for a horror Christmas movie. Like, it feels like Christmas. This is, out of all the Christmas stuff we've done, this was by far the most Christmas-themed movie. And I think, I mean, Jack Frost wasn't bad, but Jack Frost, we finally got snow, but we couldn't necessarily tell that Christmas was, like, the next day. Yeah, then uh, this movie we we very much get that this whole thing revolves around Christmas Eve, Christmas. Yeah, and it's got a dark feel to it too. Like it gets dark. You had the the whole ending, second half of the movie takes place at night. You got this blizzard going on. Everything's super Christmassy. 
Uh, so I, yeah, I thought they nailed the feel of it. I would say overall, uh, definitely worth a watch in December. Oh yeah. Yeah. This is definitely, if you're going to, if you're looking for a horror movie to watch, uh, around Christmas time, this is definitely one to watch. Absolutely. Isn't there a second one? I'm pretty sure there's a sequel. Not aware of a, a, a sequel. Well, I know that when this movie came out, there was a lot of Krampus knockoff movies happening, so I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm sure if, there's been quite a few B-movie Krampus. I, I could have swore I seen there was a Krampus 2, though. There was Warzone Krampus. There is a Krampus 2. Which was came out the very next year. Dif- different characters, I would imagine. Probably a much smaller budget. It sounds like a straight-to-video. It's got a 16% on Rotten Tom, though. <laughs> yeah, yep, that's a straight-to-video. Yeah, I don't know. I have to look into that. But yeah, you, you got to mention Warzone Krampus, which was the worst thing to happen to Caldera, and that's pretty bad. Uh, did you know that this is the Krampus that the Spirit Halloween animatronic was designed off of? Just the whole reason that they, they made that animatronic was because uh, this Krampus had like such a... Uh, fit like a fan following because yeah. how cool he looked yeah he's fucking awesome looking i would love to and i i hope next year or at least in the next couple of years we can get the krampus christmas because i want to have him in the yard oh, throughout yeah, december sure. um but yeah i mean that that is it for us that is our opinion on this movie uh once again we thank you guys for listening Please give us a follow or a like if you enjoy the show. It helps us, uh, probably more than you know, helps us a lot. Tell a friend, a family member, or your local Frozen DHL driver about the show, and we hope to see you next time. You got any last words? Nope. Uh, Happy Holidays from the Grindhouse Syndicate, a horror movie podcast. We hope you all have a great holiday and an end-of-the-year celebration, and we truly... Truly, thank you for joining us this year. Jingle bells, motherfuckers. <laughs>